Hello, I'm John Riggs, and this is the Gritty Men Podcast. And uh, I am here, as always, to equip, encourage, and inspire God's men to live God's way for God's glory. Hey, guys, I hope these podcasts have been a benefit uh, for you. And, uh, Lord, I just ask that if you would, would you share these with some of your buddies that you might know uh, that could use some of these teachings that might help them in their own lives? Uh, so if you would, please send these along and... Um, that's the only way that this is ever going to have any benefit or any purpose is if we're able to get this uh, into the hands of people that can listen to it. So I hope it's been a benefit for you. Now, over the last few weeks, uh, or I should say a few podcasts, I have been doing a little series of podcasts on what I call the matrix. And um, the matrix is a real thing. Um, we do live in a world uh, that is physical, but also right within the physical reality of what we see as men, there is the reality of the spiritual realm that is going on all around us and is present in this physical realm. Now, it is true that with our eyes, we are not able to see in the spiritual realm because we are three-dimensional beings, and we know that we have scientists out there that have studied this and say there's anywhere from you know six seven to eleven different dimensions and we know that the spirit realm or dimension is present right here and um, we are physical beings with a we are spirit with with a physical body and so it resides together just like the spirit realm uh, resides within the physical realm and it's right here but we do know this that the spiritual realm is operating, but it's manifesting itself in the physical realm in which we live. And so what I've been trying to teach you guys to help you better understand what's going on in this world is I want you to, to, to learn from God's word um, the way in which things are operating. He is a sovereign God, yes, but he did place Adam, who was created in the likeness and image of God, um, God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that triune God created a triune being in the likeness and image of God. We are a mind, a body, and a spirit. We, that's what we are in essence. And that we know that Adam was given uh, authority from God, under God, to rule, have dominion over all that God had created. And that goes all the way back to Genesis 1, 2, and 3. But Adam, uh, he failed to walk in that given authority. In fact, he, he sinned against God. And we know that Satan entered the garden, that he entered the serpent, and that he deceived Eve. But Adam was present with Eve, and he had authority over the serpent, but didn't take that. He, instead of obeying God, he obeyed the serpent. And when he did that, we know that he handed the authority that he had over to Satan because he came under the authority of Satan. And so from the time of Adam until the time of the Lord Jesus Christ coming in the incarnation, we have a world now that is being, if you will, governed to a degree, the Gentile empires, all that's going on in the world, uh, by the kingdom of darkness. And then God called out a people for his own possession from the, the Gentile uh, nations. He created the, the nation of Israel, these people. He called them out that they would be his God. They would be his people. And they would worship and serve and obey and live for, for God in this world. And so 
Christ has come now in the incarnation, and he, what, triumphed over the enemy. He, he actually was the kinsman redeemer. He redeemed what Adam lost. And we learned this a little bit last, last week, that the, the kinsman redeemer was one who could redeem not only land, but also um, people. And it was something that God gave the nation of Israel that they were to do in order to preserve the family line and also the land in which God had given the nation of Israel. That was lost and it was given over to, to Satan. That's why Satan offered that to Christ when he was there in the wilderness and the temptation. And he says, for this authority has been what delivered to me. He received it from Adam. And so we offered all the kingdoms of the world to Christ if he would only bow down and worship him. And we know that Christ said, you are to what? Worship the Lord God and him only shall you serve. Because Christ had to be fully man and fully God to truly atone and redeem what Adam lost. He's considered the second Adam. And those of us who are in Christ now have the imputed righteousness of Christ. As it says in Colossians chapter 1, we have been, in verse 13, we've been delivered from the domain of darkness, and we have been what transferred now into the kingdom of the glorious Son. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, we were all part of the kingdom of darkness at one time before we heard the gospel and before Christ revealed himself to us and we by faith believed in Christ and we were saved or we were regenerated. We were made new and we were brought into the family of God by faith in Christ and the work that Christ sufficiently, completely and totally finished and provided for us who would believe. In 2 Corinthians 4, 4, guys, we read the God, that's the little G, God of this age, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. And so we have been blessed to know the truth of the gospel as Christ has been revealed to us. And we are no longer those who are living in the deception uh, of, of the matrix, so to be, in the spiritual darkness of the rest of the world, but we, in a sense, like Neo, we've taken the red pill, if you will, I'm just using an allegory here, um, or a metaphor, and what? We have now seen the truth, and we can no longer go back to that, because we know now what that is, and there is a literal matrix that's going on in this world, and the kingdom of darkness is still operating, the kingdom of the glorious sun is still operating, and uh, this is the realm in which we're living in. And one of the reasons I wanted to spend a few uh, of these podcasts teaching some of these things is because I see so many men being tripped up by the enemy. And one of the reasons for that, guys, is that you are underestimating your enemy. Um, yes, it is true that we are positionally secure in Christ Jesus. And he has won the high ground for us in victory. But we still have a warfare that we have to wage against the kingdom of darkness and against the one who would like to what? He would like to destroy your testimony. He would like to kill, steal, and destroy. And he is using elements within our life to bring about the, the destruction that he would like to bring in our life. And remember, guys... The physical realm is being manifest in the physical realm. 
That's why we're seeing the world become darker, more depraved, more wicked, vile. What are we watching? We're watching the manifestation of the wicked, evil, dark kingdom manifesting through people who are living in that kingdom, of that kingdom, deceived by the king of that kingdom, and they are living depraved lives that is separated from God. And we are living as Christians in this world as we learn Scripture teaches, but we are not of this world. We are called differently to be set apart unto God because we have a purpose in this world. And we are to be pointing others to Jesus Christ. We are to share the gospel. We are to live out the gospel in our marriages, in our families, in our work, just in our life. The gospel is what we live out every day of our life. It's what we take in every day, the truth of the gospel, that we belong to God. We are His and we live this out in this world. Why? Because there are multitudes, the majority, who are still living in darkness. You say, well, John, why is it getting worse? Let me tell you why. Because of the restraining that has been limited more and more in these dark, evil last days. And we know that Paul writing in 2 Thessalonians to these believers he mentions there's a few things that are going to have to happen before the Antichrist, who I talked about last podcast, will come and rise and will lead um, a federation of nations or, or a federation of men who have been appointed to positions to rule over the world. There's not going to be this all these separate nations anymore. It's going to get to a point where there will be a federation that actually dictates the law that the rest of the world will have to live under. And compliance will be required of everyone in this world to live under the laws of this new world order. And it's coming. In fact, President Bush Sr. mentioned this. He said the law of the, of, of the law itself is going to what? Supplant the law of the jungle. So the rule of law will supplant the law of the jungle. What is he saying? The New World Order that he was speaking of and even mentions the word New World Order, it is a big idea. It is something that has been uh, designed to happen for so long but is just now coming to be. And it's a big idea where the law, the rule of law, there's going to be a rule of law and it will supplant the rule of the jungle. In other words, there's no, no longer going to be any jungle rule going on. Not all these separate nations that are dictating how they're going to live, what they're going to do. No, there's going to become major ramifications moving forward as the New World Order system place is put in place. And it's going to rule with an iron fist, so to speak. There will be compliance requirements for all who live in this world. In fact, you saw this with COVID. I'm not saying COVID was planned. But I am saying they never waste a good opportunity to implement and to test and try something to move us closer to a compliant society. And you and I were both utterly amazed watching this world falling under complete total compliance to the World Health Organization. And then we have the World um, Economic Forum. And you just do a little bit of research and study with the World Economic Forum and it'll blow your mind what they have planned for the rest of us that are alive living on this planet. And so we're moving quickly. The New World Luciferian Antichrist order is rising right now. 
you need to understand this and you need to know why Jesus taught us in the word the things he taught us so we would be prepared for these days that we are living in. These are the latter days. We know this to be true. And so I'm wanting to help equip you so that you're not, you're not deceived and you're not defeated in the coming days that we are living in. And you're going to need to realize and understand this world that we are living in. And it's not what you think it is, nor is it what you have been told your entire life that it is. It's not that whatsoever. And the reason I want you to learn this is it'll help you be prepared, okay? And so we need to see and understand what's going on here to better prepare us. And we need to do what we're told here in 1 Peter 5.8. And this is one of the memory verses you need to memorize that you can stick on the dashboard of your truck. 1 Peter 5.8. It says, be sober-minded, be alert, be watchful for your adversary, your enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now listen. Satan himself is a created being. In fact, Jesus Christ created everything. Why? He is God. Jesus Christ is God. We've covered that in detail uh, three or four podcasts ago when we answered the question, who is Jesus Christ? Uh, that's a big question that needs to be answered. We hear God mentioned all the time today. But if Jesus Christ is not included as being God, then whatever God they're talking about, it is not the God that we read about of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's not the God of the Bible. It's not the one true God, the sovereign God and creator of all things, including everything in this vast universe. Jesus Christ, he is God. And so we, we are in his kingdom We've been delivered from one, and we have been transferred into another. That's why we learn in Scripture that our citizenship is in heaven. We have dual citizenship. We are citizens of this world, but our citizenship is in heaven. And what an incredible thing to think about, that that's the reality. Okay, I want to teach you a little bit more about who our enemy is. Why is that? It's important. Um, this is just another just simple illustration from this great um, war strategist by the name of Sun Tzu. He says this about the enemy. If you know the enemy and know yourself, in other words, who are we? Who are we in Christ is what I'm trying to get at here. Who do you belong to? You are a child of the living God. You have been in union with Christ by faith. You've been adopted into his family. You are part of his kingdom. You are actually part of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is our king. We are his ambassadors who speak on his behalf here in this dark world. We are pointing the world to Jesus Christ, who is King of kings and Lord of lords. The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. He is the Almighty. This is what we are up to. This is our purpose in life, why we are here. And so we need to know the enemy, but you need to know who you are in Christ. You need to know this. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. By far, Jesus Christ triumphantly conquered all of those things. And he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And remember, we need to know the enemy 
and we need to know ourselves. And the way we know ourselves is by knowing who we are in Christ Jesus and understanding what Christ Jesus has done in our life, that we belong to him, what he has provided for us. What does it mean to be in Christ? Some incredible truths that you must know. He says, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles if you know your enemy and you know who you are in Christ. That's my adjustment there. If you know yourself but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. So now there's a 50-50 thing here. This guy here is saying what we already know. You better not only know who you are, but you better know who your enemy is. Then from there, he goes on and says this. If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, and I say this, nor who you really are in Christ, you will succumb in every battle. And I see this in the lives of so many Christian men, men who follow Christ. And these are the reasons in which they fall. Listen to me. In the game of chess, many a king has been taken by a pawn. This is a very true, very true reality. And what you have to understand is that what Paul says in Ephesians 6, that our battle is not against flesh and blood. He says it's not against that. Why? Because we're in a matrix and what we're fighting against is the spiritual realm of darkness. We are literally waging warfare against the kingdom of darkness. And in this kingdom, it's Satan and a third of the angels who he led in a rebellion against God. And you can read about this in scripture. But we have now Lucifer, a created angel that God created specifically for the purpose of being right before the throne of God. You can just imagine the throne of God, the glory of God that emanates from his throne. And then Lucifer, one of those, one of those angels that was right around the throne of God, who walked among the fiery stones. And, and, and let me just say this too. You need to know this, guys. And I, I say this in a very serious manner. Stop underestimating your enemy. Stop. He is not a, 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 a fictional or, or a cartoony character that is, that is literally wearing red leotards. He walks around with a pitchfork and he's got horns on his head. That is not... Who Lucifer is. In fact, here in just a little bit, I'm going to show you what Scripture says he looks like. There is a reason, reason that he masquerades not only as an angel of light, but you're going to begin to understand he is not a devious-looking being. He is a glorious-looking being, as is any angel God, Jesus Christ, created. In fact, if you read in Scripture anywhere where, where a human being either saw a vision or encountered an angel, every single time, what do they do? They fall down on their face before that being. Why do they do that? Because it's obvious they are an incredible creation. And the men were overwhelmed in the presence of these beings. So get out of your mind this false narrative, this cartoonish joke of a reality that doesn't exist, that Satan is this comical little creature, uh, that's not who he is. 
You better stop underestimating him. He can trip up Adam in the garden. In, in, in a garden where no sin had yet entered. In a place where Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the evening. Let me tell you something. This, isn't, this, this is someone you don't underestimate. And you're not probably more than likely going to encounter him because there's myriads of his fallen angels that serve in different positions of authority and power within the kingdom that is over this earth and on this earth. There are principalities and there are powers. What are we speaking of here? These are, these principalities and powers are those things in the spirit realm, but they're manifested through the powers and, uh, of this world. That's the reality of how it works. And so you need to be mindful of this. Now, let's, let's go ahead and get into this and let's study this a little bit more. Um, and, and guys, I want you to be, to be knowledgeable of this. You need to know who you are in Christ. You understand that you have everything you need in Christ. You have all the armor to stand you, and protect yourself. You have weaponry that God has given you to use. And listen, he says, hold the ground. Stand in his strength. We don't have to take the high ground. We're already standing in position of the high ground. But the enemy wants to knock you down from the high ground. He wants to destroy your testimony. He wants you to live without any joy, without any peace, without any victory. He wants you to fall into sin. He wants you to get all wrapped up in the things of his domain in this world with buckles and bunnies and bucks because it's all a lure, it's all a lie, and it's all about the lair. And that's what he's up to. He's come to kill, he's come to steal, and he's come to destroy. And let me be very clear with you. You better defend your, your mind. You better, you better get right. You better pay attention to your mind, to your activities, to what you do. Don't be playing around and, and acting all studly-like because he can knock you down in a second. Let me tell you, he can. You better guard your marriage. You had better guard your marriage. And I mean that's part of your guarding, but you guard your wife. You protect her. You protect your marriage. You protect what comes in, what you allow. You protect it with everything you have. You protect your children. You watch over them. You know what's going on in their life. Why? Because the kingdom of darkness is right here in their realm. And it is operating with a throttle down wide open. It is moving at a fast pace. You better get ready. You better pay attention. You better know what's going on. Or you will suffer great loss. You're going to suffer great loss. But you don't have to. You don't have to. That's why I'm trying to point this out to you guys. One of the reasons this has increased so much is because Jesus said that in the last days, wickedness was going to increase so much that the hearts of most would grow cold. Because what happens to the hearts of men and women in a society that wickedness goes through the roof? Their love grows cold. Their love for each other, their love for what's right, their love for the common good, their love in general will grow cold. Jesus said, it's going to get bad. In fact, Paul writes, in the last days, and so does Peter, it's going to go from bad to worse. From being deceived to deceiving. That's what the reality is. And so we can, we can begin to see and understand. So the church, the body of Christ... And morality, and even a culture that has a Judeo-Christian foundation, they'll push against the, the wickedness. 
to a point. The church, though, was to be standing in opposition to the kingdom of darkness and proclaiming the kingdom of the glorious God in whom we know. But what's happened to the churches in America? I'm speaking primarily in the West, but if you study the history of the church, it began in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the rest of the world. In fact, most nations have had the gospel long before America ever had it. You look at Europe, they got a government church in place. It is mostly um, full of unbelievers. It, it's a very pagan society, as is most within this world. You come to America, we have some Judeo values that were implemented into our country. But as a whole, the church was here pushing back the darkness. That's what we were doing. But guess what the church has happened? What has happened to the church? You guys all know this. The church, in general, every single, everyone, I don't care what denomination you, sir, or, ma or ma'am, are a part of. Every one of them are drifting. They are all drifting. And if you don't believe me, just contact me, and I can send you information and tell you which ones are, and they all are. What are they drifting from? I'll tell you what they're drifting from. They're drifting from the truth right here. And we have left the ridge of truth. Oh, we'll talk about some truth, but we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll compromise on other truth and say, well, it's not for our time or for our day. It's different in this day and time. That's a bunch of baloney. God's word, it is truth. It is eternal. Not one thing in this thing changes because of time. It is always the same. And so every evangelical Protestant denomination and I say Protestant, hear me, do you realize the Protestant church was the Protestant church? It was the church that began from a protest. And what was the protest against? The Roman Catholic Church. A protest. So if you are part of any evangelical church out there, originally you were part of those who protested against the false religious system of Roman Catholic Church. That's what you're, you're protesting against. The gospel was not justification by faith alone. It is justification by faith plus this, plus this, plus this, plus this, plus this, plus this. Not only that, I'll do a podcast on a whole lot of other things within that. So what do we do? We need to tell those brothers and sisters that we have, family-wise I'm speaking, or friends that we have who are part of this religious system that, that, that it's wrong and it's, it's not biblical. What do we do? We share that with them in love. In love. Because listen, God loves people. We love people. But we want to warn people of things that are not right and not true. Especially pertaining to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now moving on. Every major denomination is becoming more woke. And now we've got what? Many denominations out there that are completely fudging and compromising. And becoming tolerant to the very things God calls an abomination. What's going on here? Now the church is becoming less and less of a set of breaks against a depraved culture. And the depraved culture is, is now what? Overrunning much of what we know as the Western church. So the breaks, the breaks aren't pushing back. There's getting to be less and less resistance against it. So it just, it just takes over. That's what's going on. And I'm going to tell you what, this next generation of woke young men that are coming into the ministry, you ain't seen nothing yet. You haven't seen anything yet. You're not going to recognize most of this in 20 years. 
It's going to be crazy. Now, I want to teach you then what's really going on, okay? Here we go. We know there are two kingdoms. That is the kingdom of God in Christ and the kingdom of darkness. We learned about this the last few studies we did together. So now, in Ephesians chapter 6, you can open your Bibles there. If you're able to, write it down. If you're driving, whatever, look later. In verses 10 through 18, we read these words by the Apostle Paul. Finally, he said, ending this letter, this incredible letter uh, to these Ephesian believers, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Here's the thing. So many men are trying to fight a spiritual battle with physical weaponry, and it's impossible. You can't do it. What we, what we need to be doing is standing in the strength of God's might. He has all strength. We need to stand in His strength. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes. That's trickery. That's deceit. Jesus said these last days could be defined by one key word, and that is deception. Men do not be deceived. I had to warn a brother in Christ this week who was going through a very difficult situation. And what was happening in his life could potentially bring a downfall to him spiritually. And what we sometimes can't see going on in this battle, in this war, is that the enemy could be using a pawn to take down a king. And what you're fighting is the pawn. But that pawn can't move without a hand behind it. And the real battle that we're facing is a spiritual battle. And if we get our mind off that reality, people can become the very thing in which we want to fight. Now, some of you guys that are watching me, I, I love to watch especially shows that have guys on from special forces, whether it's the SEALs or, or it, Rangers, whatever, whatever, they, whatever arm of, of, of military they're in, I, I love to watch and hear their stories. And one of the things I hear over and over and over, especially about combat and all that they're doing, they, they were overwhelmed by the, the, the pure, wicked, vile, and evil nature of these men. The detestable things that they're doing and their minds are going, dude, how do you fight an enemy that doesn't care if he dies? That's a good question. But what they were seeing is the manifestation of the wicked, vile, spiritual kingdom of darkness operating through the physical reality of men who are part of the kingdom of darkness. See, you, you can't deny evil. Those men that have fought in those battles and seen the things that they've seen, they can't deny evil. They may not understand what it all comes from, but they can't deny it. And, and so listen, do not underestimate your enemy and pay attention and realize our battle is ultimately not, as Christian men, it's ultimately not against flesh and blood. It's manifested through flesh and blood, but our real battle, it's a spiritual battle, and this is who it's with. We do not wage war or wrestle or battle against flesh and blood. Now, see, it's easier for us as physical beings, we're spiritual men with physical bodies, because we see everything in the physical world. But let me tell you what goes on and lives when your body lays down and dies. I can tell you what lives. It's your spirit because that's the essence of who you are. It still can see. 
It still can hear. It still can remember. It still can feel. All those elements, those senses are still real. Read about the story of the rich man and Lazarus. I've heard testimony after testimony. I've been in the rooms of many who have died. And I've, I've heard testimonies of those who have, who have coded. And they've been up in the corner of the room. And they can look down and they can see their body. They see the doctors working there. They can see. They, they, they know what's going on. It's, it's, the reality is all still there. It's like they're not just a blob of, 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 of just some particles that are floating through the air. No, the essence of who they are is there. Their memory, their mind, their taste, all the stuff's there. And their senses are there. And, and so we have this going on around us all the time. You're in it. You just can't see it. It's all around you. And that's why we pray to God for protection, angelic protection, that God would set about us, his angels, to guard over and watch over our children, over our wives, over others. We, we pray this. Why? Because this is real. You remember the Old Testament story? <laughs> There's a prophet and he has a guy with him. They step out and they got all these, these people come to, to take their lives. And God, he prays a prayer to God and says, open his eyes, Lord, to what's going on around us. And he opened his eyes. And what did he see? He saw all these chariots of fire and horses. And what was going on? He let him see in the spiritual realm what was happening. Greater are those who are for us than these that have come against us. This is a real thing. And I don't want you to forget that. He says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over, over, notice the word over, key word, this present darkness and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. So let's break this down just a little bit for you. Um, number one, we, we, we ask, well, where did Satan get this model? We read about this, rulers, authorities, cosmic powers, present darkness. He talks us about thrones and authorities and all of these things. In fact, in the Old Testament, you hear about like the prince of Persia or the prince of Greece. And you have Daniel and he's praying to God. He reads Jeremiah and he learns that the Babylonian captivity is only going to last for 70 years. So now he's calling out to God, he's praying to God, and then what happens is he's fasting and praying for 21 days, and all of a sudden the angel comes and brings the message to the answer to Daniel. And the angel says, I was sent the moment you began to pray with the answer, but I was detained. This is an angel speaking, a messenger angel. I was detained for 21 days by the prince. Of Persia. So the angel is coming through the heavens, bringing the answer to Daniel. And in the heavenlies, there are principalities, powers, and, and those things are real. He encounters the prince of Persia. Well, who's the prince of Persia? It's not a man. No, it's one of these fallen angels who have formed a rebellion against God and who God has this is, where they, this is where they are. And they still occupy within the heavens, heavenlies, down to the earth. There's coming a day, though, they won't be allowed in the heavenlies anymore, and they're going to be confined to the earth, according to Revelation. And so we have this structure 
Where did he get this structure and model from? See, we have princes over this earth. Wherever you live, I can promise you there's a principality there. There are going to be a strongholds there. Those things are real. Why? Because the kingdom of darkness is right here in our midst. What is behind all the empires and all the Gentile things and all the... What's behind it all is the principality that is working through the manifestation in the physical realm. Yes, God is sovereign. It all has to be under His sovereign um, relinquishment of allowing that to even happen. But there's more there. There's legal things that have happened. And that's why Satan has done what he's done. He knows that there could only be one way God could ever redeem mankind. It had to be done through a kinsman redeemer, someone who was fully man. And yet no man could do it because Satan knew this. Everyone born from the time of Adam on was what? Fallen. They had what? The imputed unrighteousness of Adam, the sin nature. And here comes Christ, born of a virgin, but born of the Spirit of God. And what does he do? He lives perfectly according to the rule law of God. And he fulfills the mandate and requirement for God's holiness under God's standard. Obeys him perfectly, fulfills every attribute and every requirement of the law to the T. And Jesus became the only one who could ever redeem you and me. Had to be done. That's the only way it could happen. And so here in Isaiah chapter 14, I want to show you a few things uh, about Lucifer, okay? How you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the furthest side of the north. I will, listen to the I wills, I wills. You know, his biggest problem was pride. That's the first sin. We talked about that a few weeks ago. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. I will be like the most high. Lucifer is a shining one star of the morning or known as Satan. He's one of the archangels of God that fell and was cut down to the ground. For you said in your heart, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. Remember, he wanted to be like God. He wanted to be worshipped as God. That's what's happening even today. And that's what's going on. In 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, and no wonder even Satan disguises or masquerades himself as an angel of light. The word masquerade simply means to change in fashion or appearance. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Now, here's the reality of all this. Here's what the word rulers means. It is um, kings kingly rulers okay that's what the word rulers here means it means magisterial kingly or magisterial it is um it is said in jude 1 6 and the angels which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of that great day it properly means though from the very beginning the initial starting point 
So what we're seeing here when we're speaking of rulers are those that were created and they actually from the very, very, very beginning were the initial starting point. And in Jude, you're reading about these angels that kept not their first estate. Now, I am of the opinion that these rulers that Paul is referring to here um, are angels that God created and who had position of rule before they fell. Remember, Satan's kingdom of rulership is a copycat of God's kingdom. Rulers is a, it means to have a very large area of authority and rule under, under them are sub-rulers and less area and authority, and under them are sub-sub-rulers with less area and less level of authorities, of authority, excuse me. So there's a hierarchy within the kingdom of darkness, um, and God had different levels of of authority given to different angels. You say, well, how is that? Well, the messenger angel had to be set free from someone else. Who was it? It was Michael. You remember the story in Daniel. He says, I was detained there 21 days, but Michael, your prince, came. And what did he do? He set me free. He had power and authority to set this angel free. And then this angel says, by the way, when I leave here, I'm going to have to now go and contend with the prince of Greece, the prince over Greece. Now, the other part is the rulers, but we also wrestle against uh, authorities, and that is power, spiritual power, and hence an earthly power. It is conferred power, delegated empowerment, operating in a designated jurisdiction. So there are principalities that are, um, and authorities that are operating within uh, designated jurisdictions, and we see that around the world, even within uh, cities and within different areas. There, there are these strongholds and this activity that is happening. The next one is we wrestle against cosmic powers over this present darkness, and that is a ruler of this world. Uh, it's used this way. It is that of um, it is the ruler of this world. That is of the world as asserting its independence of of God, used of an angelic or demonic power controlling the sublunary world. So we, we wrestle against the cosmic powers. Um, it's, it's properly a world ruler referring to Satan, influencing the lives of worldly people. Satan and, and demons influencing and possessing worldly people in the physical realm. This will give the matrix a whole new meaning for you and I to understand as we think about this. We talked about this. I already mentioned it in Daniel. Um, and then also in Ezekiel chapter 28. Um, I want to read that to you guys, so bear with me. Ezekiel 28. We're going to look at that. I don't have it written down, so please bear with me here. Let me read it to you real quick. Here we go. Ezekiel 28, 11 through 19. Let me read it to you. Speaking now of the king of Tyre. In, in chapter 28, it begins with the Prince of Tyre. And obviously, we read through the Prince of Tyre, and it appears that this person could be a human being. But when you come to the King of Tyre, this is definitely not a human being. And let me read this to you. You were the signet of perfection, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. That's not describing a man. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Well, we, all, we know in Eden we had Adam and we have Eve, and then we know there's one other one in the garden. We have the serpent there. We have Lucifer there. 
You were in Eden, the garden of God. Now listen to uh, this. Um, listen to how he looks. Every precious stone was your covering. You imagine before the throne of God, as you're going to learn this in a minute, Sardis, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, emerald, carbuncle. These were the stones that were covering this being. It's no man, by the way. And crafted in gold were your settings and your engravings. On the day that you were created, on the day you were created, they were prepared. You were an anointed guardian cherub. I placed you. You, God placed this cherub. I placed you. You were on the holy mountain of God. In the midst of the stones of fire, you walked. You were blameless in your ways. From the day you were created till unrighteousness was found in you. In the abundance of your trade, you were filled with violence in your midst and you sinned. And so I cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God. And I destroyed you, O guardian cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. In other words, you were no longer in that place. Your heart was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. Isn't that interesting? So when you think about the kingdom of darkness, and you think about what we have as a society pointing about how, or picturing what Satan looks like, you see a stark contrast here? No, if, if, you, if you knew about those at the highest levels who rule this world, I wouldn't be shocked if they have actually seen this being. And if you would see this being, you'd understand why they keep talking about pursuing the light, illumination, all of these things. And see, he gave away authority, wealth, glory, fame, fortune, he can do all that for those who will worship him. And at the highest levels of all that we see from every single empire back, you're going to notice there were people that were with the pharaohs and those that were with the kings. And these were these people that had been illuminated. They were magicians. They were sorcerers. They did witchcraft. They were all around the highest level of leadership in government. And, and, and I, what I'm trying to help you see here and understand is things aren't what you think they are. They aren't. There are very powerful people who pull strings, who make decisions, who you will never see in government. But behind it all, they're still running it. World banks, Fed reserves, all of these things that are going on. We just have this incredible veil pulled over our eyes that you have an option. 
You get to choose this one. You get to choose this one. You can choose this one. You got options, baby. But no matter who's in office, you're watching. It's still going the way it's going to go. I don't care how conservative that person is. I don't care how liberal it is. The people behind all of that who are calling the shots, who have the money, who have the power, their agenda is being done. It don't matter who sits in the White House. That's a real reality. So um, we're living in a matrix. Most people have no idea what we're living in here. They really think this life is really just about what we see here. It's about so much more. And as a Christian man, you have the word of God. You can know the truth of these things. It is real. It's right before us. Not only do we wrestle against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, but also against the spiritual forces in heavenly places. Now, we know that God created the heavens, plural. You notice that in Genesis 1. In fact, Paul in, in Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2, he even says this, I know a man, now he's speaking of himself here, I know a man in Christ who was caught up into the third heaven. In other words, we have atmospheric heavens, then we have another layer, and Paul says he was caught up into the third heavens, right? So there is a mighty spiritual battle that happens in the heavens and in the lower earthly regions, and it's happening all around you. Every single day of your life, you are going to face this battle. You're going to be waging war, but unfortunately, far too many men in the Christian world and church have not been taught that there is any warfare or battle that they are in, and they must be engaged and ready to fight and defend and defeat the enemy. It's real. It is real. There's Satan at the top, Lucifer, this created being that we read about in Ezekiel chapter 28. He does not wear red leotards. He does not carry a pitchfork. And he does not have a forked tail with horns. No. He was a being that was created by God. He is not omniscient. He doesn't know all things. He's not omnipotent. He's not all-powerful. He is not um, omnipresent. He can't be more than one place at one time. But his structure of government is spread out over this earth. And it's in your community. And you are in the physical realm, a spiritual being. And we have to have eyes who see spiritual things to understand what's being manifest in this physical world all around us. But too many men are so caught up with what they've been taught since they were little boys about what this whole world and their existence is all about. Most of them are never taught about these kingdoms. Most of them are never taught about this real principalities and powers and spiritual forces of evil and heavenly place. You're not taught about it. You're not told there's a matrix, but there is. But there is. In Colossians 2, 6 through 15, we're going to have to wrap this one up because I'm going to be going here too long. Paul says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, 
So walk in him, rooted, built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it, men. Listen to me. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. Now, this is speaking of one of the main affronts to the early church, and that was Gnosticism. And it's very prevalent in our culture. And it is not of God at all. It is Jewish mysticism. Its foundation is the Kabbalah. And it goes all the way back to the mystic religions that go all the way back to Egypt. And they've been passed down through the ages, through the sages, through the magicians, through the priests. This esoteric and exoteric knowledge. It's not of God. Listen to what Paul says. Don't let anyone take you captive by philosophy or empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the, here it is, elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. For in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and all authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses or your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all of our sin by canceling the record of debt that stood against us in its legal demands. He set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. It's so important that you understand this. We are living in a type of matrix, and most people have no idea what is really going on in this world. But it's real. So please, guys, know your enemy and know who you are in Christ. Because there's a real battle and a real war and a real match that we must contend. We must contend against the, the kingdom of darkness we must contend against all of those things, and we are waging a good warfare. So I want to encourage you that in that, guys, especially in the days we're living in, that you're able to see and understand. There's all the smoke, all the mirrors. Listen, we are living in the most deceptive time in the history of the world, but Jesus told us this was coming. All I'm asking and hoping and praying that God will do through sharing some of these things is wake some of you up to this truth. Listen, guys, we're going to need to be gritty, gritty men of God in these days. Thank you for watching, for listening to this podcast. If this has been a blessing to you, would you please share this with someone you care about, some man out there that needs to hear this truth. And if you would, contact me through one of the links below. I'd love to come and speak uh, or, or share to your men's group, your church, whatever it would be. I'd love to come and do that. God bless you guys. Stay gritty and we'll catch you next time.